Buckle up, everyone. You are strapped in and ready for the Insurance Hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman, the voice helping you navigate the world of insurance. Insurance is not complicated. It really isn't. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what insurance is, and that's why I'm here. I want you to understand what insurance is, what insurance isn't, what your expectations for a policy should be, keeping you informed and insured one hour at a time. Let's talk about insurance. Hello, hello, Santa Barbara. How is everyone today? I am Carl Sussman here with the Insurance Hour on KZSP Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. I will be here every Tuesday at 12 o'clock live, ready to take your calls, ready to answer your questions. And hopefully after that hour, you will leave a little more educated about all things insurance. Now, having it being 12 o'clock, of course, I'm thinking you should, you're probably stopping right now to get something for lunch. So have something for me because I just realized I did not have my lunch yet. So there you have it. I, I'm, I'm fasting for you to have your uh, first hour of insurance fun. Let me give you a little bit about me just so you have some rough idea who it is that uh, you're, you're listening to, Gab, today. Uh, I'm an independent broker uh, in Southern California. I also work as an insurance expert witness in complex litigation cases in the state court, federal court, and criminal court. And uh, let's just face it, I, I'm an insurance nerd. I spend uh, the last six months up and back in Sacramento dealing with um, all these changes to the industry that's going on, talking to the Department of Insurance, talking to the legislatures and the people in the assembly to try and figure out how we're going to get things under control and uh, get things a little bit more affordable while we're at it. So basically, anything insurance related is fair game for today. What I thought I would do to start out was uh, take a topic that I know is is big right now because there are a lot of things that are changing in the market, and that is information about the California Fair Plan Association. So I'm going to talk about the California Fair Plan now, but I want you to know that I do have the lines open for you to call in if you have a question about anything insurance related. It does not need to be about the California Fair Plan. You can call now at 805-564-1290. One more time, 805-564-1290. And if it turns out you don't get through or you don't get your question answered right away, you can send an email to Carl, it's K-A-R-L, at am1290kzsb.com. And I'll get that and I will cover it on next Tuesday. How's that sound? All right, let's jump right in. California Fair Plan. What does that make you feel when you hear that? Does that make you want to run away screaming? It might. And most of the time that's because of a, a sort of the perception that there is that the California Fair Plan, being that it's the insurer of last resort, uh, must be all bad. Well, the first thing we need to start out is to dismay some some myths and just some flat out incorrect information. The first of all, the California Fair Plan is not an insurer. How's that for a surprise? So this buzz phrase you've heard about the insurer of last resort is not actually an insurer. The California Fair Plan is an association that was put together in the late 60s, before I was born, I might say. Uh, and it was put together as an organization that would provide basic fire insurance for people that for some reason were unable to obtain fire insurance through the private market, right? So they've gone to the private market, they've they've called around, they've checked around, and for whatever reason, uh, they're unable to obtain insurance. Maybe it's because they're in a high fire zone, maybe it's because they've had a lot of claims, who knows what it is, but 
the legislature said, you know what? Everyone needs to be able to have fire insurance. That's a must have. So they created this organization. And the way the organization works is like this. If you are an admitted insurance company in the state of California, then you participate in the California Fair Plan. And what that means is you're going to be collecting premium. And when there are claims, you're going to be paying the claims. The way you're going to be participating as an insurance company is based on your market share percentage of business in California. So if an insurance company has, let's just say 10% of all of the property business in California, then they will collect premium based on that percentage from the fair plan. And they will pay claims if there are, if that's necessary also to the California fair plan. Interestingly enough, one of the things that I hear about the fair plan from people is, oh, it's just this state bureaucracy and there's no money and blah, blah, blah. Two quick things. Again, let's dispel the myths. First of all, it's not a state bureaucracy. Uh, it's an association that is run by individuals that are in the insurance industry, which I know maybe there's a it's a fine line for you. But for me, being in the business, I can tell you that makes a big difference. Having people that are actually involved in the insurance industry running an association that is based on providing some level of insurance makes a big difference. That's number one. And as far as money goes, two things. There is an organization, yet another, in California called the California Insurance Guarantee Association. We affectionately call it SIGA. And what SIGA does in the event an insurance company becomes insolvent, we go back again to all of those admitted insurance companies and they will pay to be able to pay claims if there are any for that insurance company that has become insolvent and left the business. So first of all, the California Fair Plan, believe it or not, does it is a part of SEGA. So if it did run out of money, you, it would be able to collect money from SEGA. The irony in that is the Fair Plan is already a conglomerate of all of the admitted insurance companies. So we have all of the admitted insurance companies backing all of the admitted insurance companies effectively. At the end of the day, let's face it, if every insurance company that's offering coverage in California runs out of money, then we will have larger problems to worry about than getting our insurance uh, claims paid. So California Fair Plan, let's keep in mind, it is basic fire insurance only with a caveat. Let me give you that caveat. And I'm gonna read it right off of the policy. Now, this is what comes with the California Fair Plan, and these are the options of things that you can also get. It lists fire or lightning damage. Usually where there's lightning, there's fire. It covers smoke damage. It covers internal explosion. I always like that one. It makes me think of Breaking Bad. I'm sure I'm not the only one. So let's look at those first three main perils. Fire or lightning. Fire is fairly self-explanatory. Fire is fire. Actually, that's an old expression that I heard when I was learning about insurance in the beginning, because there's something that always comes to bear. And that's if a fire is the end result, the fire is going to be covered nine out of 10 times. Fire is fire. Lightning damage is going to be covered under the California Fair Plan policy as well. If there is some type of wild weather, and I won't say climate change, this is the one time you'll hear me say it because it's for some reason gotten everybody so freaked out. I'm just going to say harsh weather. How's that? Difficult weather, strange weather events. How's that? I'll try and use these euphemisms, but I will avoid that one buzz phrase. Anyway, if you do have lightning and you have damage from the lightning, then a California Fair Plan policy should have coverage. The next one, and it's a big one, is smoke damage. Now, there might be large fires around causing damage to your home, but just smoke damage. I say just, I'm not minimizing it, but damage that is only smoke. How's that sound? And again, the California Fair Plan will pay for that damage. The next one is internal explosion. 
And again, I'm not going to be able to come up with a great example on this one. Let's just leave it at that internal explosion. Insert your, excuse me, insert your example here. Now, there are two additional coverage options that you are able to get. Now, I would suggest that you always have these coverages, even though they're not part of the base policy. They're not expensive, relatively speaking, and they should be included on a policy that you're getting. One is called extended coverage. Very fancy. What in the world is extended coverage? Extended coverage consists of windstorm or hail, explosion, again, riot, aircraft, and vehicles. What does that mean? Windstorm is windstorm damage, right? There's a big wind and there's damage. You're going to have coverage potentially under the California Fair Plan. Hail damage, same thing. I don't know why they're so big on explosion. There, there must be a reason. I'll have to do some research because now my, my little insurance nerd mind is wondering why explosion seems to be such a big thing. Uh, and the next one is riot, damage caused by riot. Aircraft is not covering your aircraft. It is covering damage that an aircraft may cause to the covered property. So let's just say a plane crashes into your house. That would be something that you would be looking at as potentially having coverage on. The next is damage by vehicle. Again, it is not insuring your vehicle. It is simply going to cover the damage that potentially a vehicle does cause to your covered property. And the next one, it is one of my favorites just to say it, is I'll just give you the, the, the initials first, VMM. And we always hear about this, VMM. What is VMM? It's vandalism or malicious mischief. Uh, now, I want to know what other type of mischief there is, if not malicious. But yes, it is vandalism and malicious mischief. So you are able to get all of those on a California Fair Plan policy. So it's not actually just basic fire. It is fire along with those other additional coverages that you can get. When we come back, I'm going to talk about some of the coverages that are not included, things that you should have on a homeowner's policy. But for now, I'm going to let you disappear, take your first commercial break. Remember, I am Carl Sussman, host of the Insurance Hour here at KZSB, Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Go take your break. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Did you enjoy that break? I know I did. I get to sit and chit chat, which is basically what I'm doing now. So it's basically not a break. It's just you're not listening. So when we left off, I gave you a little bit of a synopsis of what the California Fair Plan policy does cover. Now I wanted to take a few minutes and go over what the California Fair Plan does not cover. But before I do that, I want to remind you that we are live right now. It is 1219. And I would love to hear from you. Despite what my wife thinks, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what it is you want to have answered. So please give us a call. You can reach us at 805-564-1290. Again, 805-564-1290. Or you can send an email to Carl, it's K-A-R-L, at am1290kzsb.com. Love to get your questions, love to hear from you, and love to answer them, because chances are, if you have a question, that same question is on somebody else's mind. So let's jump back in. California Fair Plan, what does it not cover? Now, the first thing I'm going to do is list some things. Again, these are actually right on the policy that you will receive from Fair Plan. They are not trying to be sneaky. They actually would like you to be educated so you know what it is that is going to be covered and what is not. Guess what the first thing is listed 
as not being covered on a fair plan policy. Oh, shucks, nobody there. I can't ask anyone, so I'm asking myself. I'll answer you then. Theft. Having your personal property stolen is not covered under a California fair plan policy, whether it be theft of property off of your person, right? You're out and about, or somebody breaking into your house and stealing things. That is not going to be covered under the California fair plan. The next thing that is not covered is falling objects. Again, very oddly worded. And again, you, you'll realize as time goes by in my industry, I call it my industry because I love it so much, that we find strange ways of saying very simple things. And again, that's part of why I'm here is I wanna try and make it a little bit easier, maybe translate some of the garbly goop into what you can understand. So falling objects, not covered. This one is not going to be terribly applicable, uh, at least for us in Southern Cal, is the weight of ice, snow, or sleet. Who knows? Maybe at some point. I know it happens now and then. However, that would not be covered under the California Fair Plan. The next one that they are listing is accidental discharge or overflow of water or steam. This sounds like it's more applicable to commercial buildings because believe it or not, whether you knew it or not, California Fair Plan does not just cover homes. It covers duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, and commercial properties. Dun, dun, dun. I know. You, you, now your life is complete because you have that information. You didn't have it before. Admit it. You didn't know that before. Whether you needed to or not, leave that alone. But you didn't know. The next one listed is freezing. We don't have a lot of freezing going on. Again, who knows? The next one listed is sudden accidental damage from artificially generated electrical current. Woo! That's a mouthful. Well, okay then. If they're not going to cover sudden accidental damage from artificially generated electrical current, what in the world is that? I'm going to go with something along the lines of solar. However, keep in mind, what did we say before? Fire is fire. So typically, if that causes fire, the fire damage would be caught, would be covered under the policy. Now, I'm going to give you a quick disclaimer because, again, I have my expert witness hat on. If I'm giving testimony, I always try and avoid saying always or every time or this will or that won't because there is always and this is true <laughs> i just said never say always and there i am saying it but it's true there is always an exception to everything so anytime you hear me talking about something that's covered or not covered keep in mind this is the majority of time you shouldn't take it as gospel it doesn't mean that okay well carl said it once it'll always be covered now always read your policy and know that everything is up for interpretation on some level so if you catch me saying most of the time, or it should, understand that I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, persnickety. I'm just trying to be exact because that's just the way I'm built. Three more things we're going to go over that are not covered with the California Fair Plan. The first is personal liability insurance. Now, this is significant. This is a big one. This is what's going to protect you if someone comes to your house, slips and falls, and gets hurt. This is also the same coverage that's going to protect you in the event you're at the airport. Someone trips over your suitcase, who knows, and decides to sue you. It's not just premises liability. It's personal liability. And the California Fair Plan does not have coverage for that. That's a big one, a really, really big one. Let me, let me give it to you like this. If you had your choice between having a loss that has no insurance in place and you have two choices, one is fire insurance and one is liability insurance. Which would you pick? Chances are you would probably pick, well, I want the fire insurance, of course. You know, liability, liability, whatever, but I want the fire insurance. Let me explain why that's actually wrong. 
in the event you have a fire and your house burns to the ground, horrible thing, horrible, horrible thing. What are you left with? Assuming nobody got hurt. You're left with dirt and a mortgage on what used to be your house. That's bad. No question about it. You'll probably have to go out and get a loan or start writing some checks to try and uh, get reconstruction done. Now, let's look at the other option, liability insurance. Let's say you don't have liability insurance and somebody gets hurt. Maybe that person that gets hurt is a hand surgeon. Maybe it's a special cardiovascular surgeon in medical school at UCSB. Guess what? Now, without liability insurance, you could potentially be liable for their loss of income for the rest of their lives. Think about that for a second, the rest of their lives. And don't think in the current legal environment that somebody is not going to be able to sue you for absolutely everything and anything you ever make or could make. Liability insurance is probably one of, if not the most important coverage you should have. Because instead of just being left with dirt and a mortgage in our first example, now you're talking about potential bankruptcy or worse. Depending on the type of loss that happens, you may not even be able to get discharged this type of a claim in bankruptcy court. So do not, whatever you do, do not go and assume that liability is a, I can or I can't. You must, must, must have liability insurance. You with me? All right. Hopefully you, again, if you take nothing away from this particular program today about the California Fair Plan, take away one point, and that's there is no liability insurance, and it is super, super critical to have. The next thing that is not covered under a California Fair Plan policy is damage by water. Oh, water, water. California, we just can never just have our water straight, can you? I mean, can we? I, I remember growing up, and I remember for the first time when I was at a restaurant, I think it was a deli out in Thousand Oaks. Um, maybe actually might have even been in Santa Barbara on, on Cabrillo. I don't remember, but I know I was at a deli and the waitress came and she said, would you like water? And I remember stopping and thinking, why are you asking? Of, of course I want water. You always bring water. And of course, I you know the group I was with said something to that effect. And she said, I know, but because we're in a drought, we have to ask. We can't just automatically bring water. So I say that because all of us in California have been dealing with water in some ish, in some form or another. It seems like forever, whether it be too much in a flood and, and we end up worrying about flooding or too little. And we're in the perpetual drought. Or in this case, we're talking about water damage as it pertains to your house. So there's basically two types of water damage, both of which are not covered with the California Fair Plan. The first being water coming from the outside in. That could be, let's say, it is raining. And of course, we're, we're doing the rain dance and we're thrilled because we have water. We need water. We need water. And you have a, a roof leak. That water is coming in and it's damaging your property and obviously the roof. The California Fair Plan policy is not going to trigger coverage for that. That's the first thing. The other thing is water damage from within. Now, this is a big one. And we're going to talk a little bit about what types of claims there are and how frequently they happen. But understand that damage caused by water within is a big one, a big one, a big one, a big one. This could be the toilet overflowing. This could be a pipe breaking. This could be any type of water that started in the house and stayed in the house. It can even exit the house. So you've got a toilet overflowing. You have a uh, sink overflowing, you have a pipe that breaks, whatever it might be, you're going to have that. 
and you're going to not have coverage for that under the California Fair Plan. Just a little foreshadowing. Believe it or not, if you had to guess what is the percentage of claims that come in nationally for water damage claims, what would you guess? What would you guess? 10%? Let's say 10%, 15%. How often do you think a claim is filed based on water damage? Well, the national average is 19.9%. 19.9% is damaged by water, which I think is kind of interesting because that means that almost a quarter of every claim that comes in is going to be something related to damage by water. And that is a specific peril that is not on the California Fair Plan. All right. I want you to ponder that. It looks like we've got a call that's come in and we are coming right up against a break. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our break. Then we're going to take the call in and see if we can answer their question, give them a little bit of insurance, love and education. I'm Carl Sussman. This is the Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Hello, hello. It is Carl. I am back. This is the Insurance Hour, as it will be every Tuesday from 12 to 1 on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. And you can stream it online. Shocking, I know. Shocking, I know. You can go online to insurancehour.com and you'll get a link and you'll be able to stream directly from KZSB. And if you've missed it, you can get it in a podcast version or on YouTube. You'll find all those links again at insurancehour.com. All right, before our break, we had a call in and uh, we're going to bring them on the line right now and answer, hopefully, and pass on some insurance uh, education. Dan, Hi, are you Carl. there? Thank you so much for hosting this show and for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. How can we help you today? Well, I have a home and I had insurance through one of the major insurance companies. And I was recently informed that they will no longer uh, provide me fire coverage. And they suggested through their own agent that I buy a fair plan policy. I'm wondering... Should I be going to any other major insurance companies or trying to check any other sources for insurance before I go to the fair plan? It's a great question. And I, I think you're certainly not alone with this right now. Uh, California is in a tough spot as far as the insurance industry goes. The property insurance, for sure, and the auto insurance is not too far behind. Uh, the good news, and we'll talk about this another another day, is that there there are some good changes that are coming down, and the market should start to become a little more competitive soon. But to your to your point, a few things I want to address. First, if you're getting non-renewed by an insurance company, you said they're not offering fire insurance. I assume you had a regular homeowner's policy that had fire and liability and water and everything else. So you're just being non-renewed in general. And the agent or broker is offering you the California Fair Plan. The first thing I would do, and this is really the advice I would give anyone that's being non-renewed, period, regardless of, of why, is jump online and check around. Even in the marketplace today where it's so difficult to get coverage, it still makes sense to try. Can't hurt to try. Now, I would suggest you check with an independent broker because they're going to have more options than, say, a captive agent that may have 
one option or two options, but certainly check with them as well. Check with any direct writers, check all over the place and see, is there an option that might be right for you? Now, just because you find coverage, it doesn't mean that it's right for you. So take some time to educate yourself on what the offer is you might be getting. See if it's giving you the types of coverage line by line that you want. If you're not sure, talk to an agent, talk to a broker, try and find out. Because one thing I am seeing these days are people are picking up, you know, anything because it's so hard to get coverage and they're getting, how do I say this? Less than optimal policies. Is that fair to say? I mean, they're, they're with companies you've never heard of. Uh, they are, and they're offering pretty stripped down policies, but again, they know they can get away with it because there are so few actual normal policies being written. So the first thing I would do, even though I know it's going to be difficult and probably an exercise in frustration is check everywhere, check everywhere and see if it's possible to get a, an actual homeowner's policy. That's good. After that, you have to make the decision. You're saying, all right, well, there's nothing out there other than the California fair plan. I want to get the California fair plan. And I want to get a supplemental policy that goes with it. And that's going to become, we were going to talk about that a little bit later, but for sake of our discussion, there's a policy that you can get that goes on top of or around, depending on how you want to phrase it, the fair plan policy. And it will provide these additional coverages that I was earlier rattling off that it's missing, water damage, liability, things like that. You want to be sure whatever agent or broker you go with not only will write your California Fair Plan policy, that they will also have access to write you one of these supplemental policies. They're called DICs. And you can just quickly rattle that off to the agent, say, if I'm going to get a Fair Plan policy from you, I just want to be sure that you do have a market for a DIC policy because you want to have this agent and that you want to have the agent that has the Fair Plan policy be the same agent that has the DIC policy. You don't want to split them up between agents or agencies you want to be sure that it's with the same place. So two things more on that. When you're talking about getting a fair plan policy, you know you can get the fair plan policy directly through the California fair plan or through an agent or broker. Just so you know, the cost is exactly the same. Now, the California fair plan will not assist you with picking coverage amounts, right? How much for your replacement cost for your structure? How much for your personal property? They will not give any of that information they're not licensed for that. So you're going to go ahead and pick a broker because why not, right? Because they don't charge you anything to write a fair plan policy. Actually, legally, they cannot uh, add a broker fee for writing a fair plan policy. Just tuck that one away in case they try. <clears throat> not that any of my fellow brokers would do such a thing, but if accidentally, as a means of their usual business practices, you're getting a fair plan policy with a broker fee, you can know, hey, I, I, I thought that the fair plan does not allow broker fees to be written with them. Now you know. But make sure that the agent that is writing the fair plan also is the same agent that's writing your DIC policy. That's number one. And the last thing I'll say on this is California Fair Plan has started doing something that it's really never done ever, and that's offering agent training. Now, there used to be a basic guideline book you could read, and it was pretty straightforward, pretty simple, I suppose. Um, but it gave you basic information. But now the California Fair Plan has turned around and is actually providing training for their agents so they can become more expert, let's say, in the, using California Fair Plan and the different coverage types and the limits and the all the, the endorsements and all, all the fun stuff, right? So ask them. 
straight out. Don't be shy. Say, I'm just curious, have you taken the recent training from the California Fair Plan? And see what they say. And if all things come down to the same, pick the agent that has that extra training because it's going to be worth it. And it's also going to show you that this is an agent that takes what they do seriously, right? They've taken the time to, I think it's four hours. Can you imagine you're going to listen to me for an hour and that's going to feel like, you know, forever. Can you imagine four hours listening to just fair plan? Well, anyway, if the agent's taken the time to do that, then you should, you know, reward them for that and assume that they do have more knowledge uh, and, and that they will be able to give you more information about the fair plan. They will be able to help you pick the correct coverage better than someone that has not had that training. Does that make sense? All things remaining equal, but the most important thing is you need to be sure that the agent that writes the fair plan also writes the DIC policy. And please, whatever you do, be sure that you do get the DIC policy because you do not want to be missing coverage. I get calls now and then from people that just have a California fair plan policy. It's actually kind of cute. They'll call me and they'll say, can you get me something cheaper than the fair plan with the fair plan? And I, I chuckle to myself and I say, no, the fair plan is the fair plan. The price is the price. And we're going to go over in another show as well. There's a major change in the pricing model for the California Fair Plan. It's going to be changing for the first time dramatically, literally since its inception. And again, we'll talk about that in a different show because if you're with the Fair Plan, I can promise you, uh, you are going to see a change in premium. Up or down, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you wait. Uh, but uh, just know that you are going to be seeing a change to your premium. It looks like we may have another couple of calls coming in. So I tell you what we're gonna do. Let me go ahead and take another break. I'll get a little bit of water. You can do whatever you're going to do. I'll get these callers queued up so I can answer their questions. And remember, you are listening to the Insurance Hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. And you can also hear a replay Tuesdays at 12 o'clock and 7 o'clock, Wednesdays at 6 a.m., Saturdays at 7 p.m., and Sundays at 1 p.m. Off to the commercials you go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Insurance Hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman. This is KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM, live every Tuesday at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock, and it will replay if you've missed any of it tonight at 7 p.m. Again, Wednesday at 6 a.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., and Sunday at 1 p.m. Right before the break, we had someone call in with a question, and we're going to bring her on right now. How can I help you today? Hi, Carl. Um, I have a question. Uh, actually, two things. Um, my son just recently turned 16 and is uh, anxiously awaiting getting his license next week. Are you and... as anxious as he is? What's that? Are you are you as anxious to get for him to get licensed as he probably oh, is? Oh, am I? Yeah, well, sometimes when I need someone to run pick something up from, like, you know, for ordering in or something, it's helpful. <laughs> but not really. Okay. But I look at my check, my credit cards. Um, I'm trying to find out if there, if I have to actually add him to my insurance policy, or can I just give him permission to drive my car? And if I do have to add him, which I'm guessing I have to, are there any discounts or anything I can do to kind of make it a little more manageable? Because it's 
really expensive since he's new, and I guess boys, someone told me, are more expensive. I don't know. Yep. Great. It's a great question. Um, let me work backwards from that, actually. And, and it is true that historically uh, and statistically, boys, if you have a 16-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl, and uh, the, the odds are the boy is going to have more tickets and more accidents than the girl will. However, in California, in, in its infinite desire for everything to be homogenous, um, no longer can look at the sex of people in order to offer a in order to offer them a price. So just because he's a boy, he's not going to pay more than if you had a 16-year-old daughter that was uh, turning 16 right now. So okay, cool. as far as whether you have to add him or not, here's how it works. If he's living in your house, if he is a resident of your household, then you need to add him or exclude him. Now, that's when he obtains his license. Prior to that, and we get this question a lot, while he has his permit, which is usually six months to a year, it just depends. You don't have to add him. Most carriers won't even let you add him without a driver's license. However, he will be covered for, you know, for the most part, as long as he is driving with your permission. And the permission thing is a, is a big deal because if, he, if, if someone steals your car and goes and kills someone, then you, the insurance company wants to have the ability to deny coverage for that. Clearly you didn't give that person uh, permission. So that's mm -hmm. why there's this whole issue of permission. You don't have to sign a contract with him. You don't have to do anything. Uh, your son, you know, being 15, let's say, you're going to give him permission to learn to drive and he should have coverage under his policy in general terms. When he turns 16, like you, like you were thinking, you do need to add him on to the policy. Now, okay. most insurance companies do have discounts and special programs for new drivers. Um, we call them inexperienced drivers. That's the new phrase mm. that everyone likes. Anything okay. from um, they'll ask for his report card. And well, I'm, I'm dating myself report card as if there's <laughs> some card you're going to get. Well, they're going to ask uh, for his GPA. And depending okay. on the insurance company, they will give you a discount if he has a B average or higher, depending on the company. Some companies are a little more snooty uh, and they want A average or better, not B, which I would love to see the statistics on if, if A or B really makes a difference. Anyway, there used to even be one carrier, I remember, that wanted you to be on the honor roll, which okay oh. um yeah so the the idea being that you want to that, 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 that there's a discount if you've got a student that is a good student i'm making air quotes another discount that they have out there uh for new drivers uh are defensive driving courses now these are typically reserved for people that are over 55 with insurance companies however there's a version of them and, I, and i'm calling it defensive driving in a generic term, because each insurance company has some type of teen driving program, which basically is a defensive driving program, where they'll give a discount for that person after they've taken that course. So check with your insurance company and tell them, say, look, I know it's going to cost me money. I'm adding somebody that has basically zero experience driving. What can I do to lower the rate? And a lot of times these these types of things change over time. They literally, what's available today might not have been available yesterday. So even if you've asked six months or a year ago, check with your agent or broker and ask them straight out. Say, okay, what can I do to lower this rate? Maybe you have a new car, not a brand new car, but a car that you're adding to your policy that your son is going to drive. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're only letting him drive the car on the weekends, right? He hasn't yet earned your trust or you just don't want him driving up and back to school because, you know, driving to school pressures and stuff like that. So you yeah. can tell your agent or broker, look, this car is going to sit for the most part. It's really only going to be driven on the weekends. 
because one of the factors that insurance companies can use to determine premium is how many miles are put on the car a year. Now they're going to assume, and they'll probably ask when you're adding your son to the policy, are you going, is he going to be driving it to school? If so, what's the address? They'll do some quick and dirty math and they're going to charge you accordingly. However, if you straight out come and come and say, listen, this is just a weekend car, then you're going to pay less for adding him on than you would if you had said that, yes, he's driving it to school every day. He's, he's going to be the guy that drives everyone around and you probably wouldn't volunteer that, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So now he's, he's not going to be driving our Tesla that I can guarantee. So we were actually considering getting him like an older, just an older car that was, you know, that we could buy for, you know, a few grand. Is that going to help in any way? If we just, I mean, could we get him his own policy on that car? Um, well, that, is that something we could do? Or are they still going to, I mean, obviously they know that we've got a Tesla. Is that going right. to change the situation? It, it's a great question. And, and, and there's two, two of them in there. The first thing is if you get a separate car for him, getting him a separate car, most insurance companies will let you if you're assigning him 100% on that car and the rate will be affected that way, right? So it will be less. Mm -hmm. Now you said buy him a car if you're talking about putting it in his name per se, and then what are you going to do? Don't play the, don't even bother playing that game. What what happens, and this has been tested over and over again, someone says, oh, I'm going to buy my son this old junker. Put it in his name and who cares? I'm not going to insure it. I'm not going to care about anything. And then of course there's an accident, something happens. And because the person is living in that household and their souls, uh, their sole income, their, their everything, they're being supported by their parents, there's legal precedent now that they are responsible. So don't mm. think by putting the car in his name, you're actually going to gain any type of additional protection. You might just give an attorney one more hoop to jump through before they have to be able to find what is true, which is that you know, you're the one who really owns the car, even though you put the document that says it's in his name, right? Did he work and buy it? Is he living by himself? I mean, there are all of these things you would need to show to really prove that this is his car and, and you're not in any way, shape or form responsible for it. The other thing to keep in mind is that the older the car, like you said, the less expensive the physical damage portion of the insurance is going to be, but not the liability, right? You might decide okay. that now you're getting him an old car, so why even bother insuring the car? However, the liability, and that's the part that you're the most concerned with, right? That's what damage he might do to someone else because of, mm -hmm. I don't know, an accident. Uh, that part is still going to be relatively the same cost, regardless of what car he's driving. So a little, okay. a little savings, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for it to be drastically. You're not going to be looking at half the cost or anything along those lines. Also, some carriers, um, I don't know if they're allowed to anymore, but it used to be they would call it highest rated driver. And what they would do is on any policy, they would take the highest rated driver, which in this case would be your son. Uh, mm -hmm. And the high and the most expensive car and pair them together uh, for premium, which, of course, sounds oh. like a racket. But they did it because they, they there was no if they had to pick a car, they would always say, well, since we know he's going to drive it at some point and we have to assign him a, you know, on a car, we're going to put him on that car. But I don't think that that is the case in California anymore. But it's worth asking your agent or broker uh, if we get him another car, can we assign him 100 percent on that car? as far as premium savings go. But keep in mind, he can still drive the Tesla, at least as far as the insurance company is concerned. You might not want him to, but he can still yeah. drive the Tesla. But for premium sake, he would be rated on the other car. Got it. Okay. Makes right. sense? Cool. So awesome. I will give my agent a call.
Okay, good deal. Thanks for calling. Right, Thank you. All right, bye. Sixteen-year-olds are tough. I we had clients once that had triplets, three boys actually. I remember this, and they call. I remember because I remember when they got their permits, and they called and they said, "Hey, our our sons are getting their permits. Do we have to add them?" And I said, uh, "Not yet, but just wait till they turn sixteen, and we'll have that conversation." And guess what? We did, and whoo, what a conversation! All right, it looks like we're coming up for another break. So let me get you squared away for that. Remember, I want to hear from you. Give us a call at 805-564-1290. I am Carl Sussman. This is KZSB Santa Barbara, AM 1290 and FM 96.9. Hello, hello. I am Carl Sussman. This is the Insurance Hour as we are coming up on the hour. So let's wrap up what we talked about today and go over the highlights. Just to remind you, this is KZSB Santa Barbara, AM 1290 and FM 96.1. The show is live every Tuesday at 12 o'clock p.m. and replays at 7 o'clock p.m. and replays at Wednesday 6 a.m., Saturday 7 p.m. and Sunday at 1 p.m. I do want to hear from you because I love your questions gives me something to talk about. So give us a call at 805-564-1290. You can call even when I'm not live and they will take your question and give it to me. Or you can send an email to carl at am1290kzsb.com. Phew. With all that out of the way. So what did we talk about? We talked about the California Fair Plan today, right? And we talked about some call, some callers had some questions as well from information on auto insurance and adding a young driver to being non-renewed and how to go about getting a California Fair Plan policy. So we really covered uh, a lot of territory. I want to make a few points and be sure that everyone's really clear on this, uh, on both of these things. In general, again, the California Fair Plan is there as the place to go when there's nowhere else to go. We get that. But don't think that going there is some scarlet letter or in some way, you, you once you're there, oh my God, you'll never be able to get covered somewhere else or oh my God, they have no money. Those are just not, those are just not reality, okay? You do wanna be sure to have, like I said, that DIC policy on top of the fair plan, but between the between the fair plan and a DIC policy, you're okay. It, it might not be the least expensive route, but as far as coverage goes, again, assuming, assuming, assuming it's a good DIC and the fair plan is written properly, all that other good stuff. See, I can't help it. I just can't. I can't just say it's good without telling you how it would be good. And then those little disclaimers that just come out. Anyway, as long as you have all of those things done, you should feel comfortable that you do have good coverage. Now, I am hopeful that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start to see some insurance companies tippy-toeing back into the market. Now, don't expect to see big ads running all of a sudden because they're not going to do that. You're not going to see an insurance company all of a sudden start blasting, hey, we're back. We want your business. Not for a long time. And there's something called adverse selection. And that's something that they want to avoid. Adverse selection uh, is, is a is a concept where people, an insurance company or anything really will, will get all of the bad business instead of the good business. Don't ask why, just take it at face value. So you're not going to see carriers blasting the news that they're interested in taking your business just yet, but understand that there will be carriers that are out there that will start offering coverage. So it does make sense when your policy is coming up for renewal to make some calls, go online, do whatever you do. Ask your neighbors. 
Uh, I mean, there. do you talk to neighbors? What am I talking about? This is California. We don't talk to our neighbors. Maybe in Santa Barbara. Maybe in Santa Barbara we talk to our neighbors, but not very often. Uh, so, so again, check around, but understand that the coverage you have with the FAIR plan, assuming you have a DIC, it's okay. Except, of course, the premium is going to be changing. And we will talk about that again, I promise. The next thing I wanted to go over just to summarize is the auto insurance co comment that we had a call in on. It is critical, critical that if you have someone driving with a driver's license, you add them to your policy. I always tell our clients, don't give an insurance company a great excuse to deny a claim. And hiding a driver that has a license is a brilliant way to be sure if there's a claim that they can say, we're not paying for it. So if you have a licensed driver in your household, you need to add them or exclude them, right? Add them or exclude them. Just remember that. You can't be sneaky. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. They, you can be sneaky. You can not pay premium, not add them. Just don't expect to have coverage in the event of a claim. You can't have it both ways. And, and as you heard the caller, it was expecting the premium to be a bit of a hit, which again, that, that sort of makes sense, right? I mean, this is a person that's never driven and now they're starting to learn to drive. So yes, of course, the premium you're going to pay for a new driver is going to be more than the premium you would pay if you were, I don't know, Richard Dugan's age, right? Who's been driving for so many years. He has so much experience. He, he's just a great one to have. All right. So don't forget, come back. Listen again next Tuesday at 12 o'clock. You know when the replays are coming. I would love to hear from you. So give me a call at 805-564-1290 or shoot me an email at carl at am1290kzsb.com and check us out online at insurancehour.com. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs>